because, you know, sometimes just existing with other people is also great and very serving to those that want it. So. Welcome back to the Striving and Thriving podcast, a podcast about overcoming tough times and just trying our best to thrive at this thing called life. This week, Tori and I have our first official guest. We're interviewing one of our best friends from college, Hunter. You'll get to learn about how we all met, some of the things that make Hunter who she is, and what's next for her in life. Hunter is a great example of the kind of friend that we all need in our life, and we're so excited that she was willing to join us and spend some time talking about how she's grown as an adult, along with some of the struggles she's faced post-college. We hope you enjoy. All right, Hunter, welcome. Maybe we should start with the fact that this is our second take. <laughs> okay, I think fine. we can just let everybody know that okay, third fine. episode is fine. when, you fine. know, we had the hiccup, but yes. we know now, yes. you know, it's We fine. had a great it conversation happens. that you guys will never hear. Here we are. <laughs> um, let's start about how we all met. Okay, so we, we all met in college. We met separately, though. Like, me and Bree met separately from me and Tori. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me and Bree met in this wonderful program that Appalachian does called the Transfer Student Mentors. That's um, great. Day one, take one. I believe, I believe we sat beside one another. Yeah. We talked about how part of the reason Hunter and I probably gravitated towards each other is because in a room of nine people, we were the loudest. <laughs> like in the best way. Like in the best way. <laughs> we were willing to speak out we were willing to have fun and i i do remember thinking here comes this girl with this thick ass southern accent hang on tight <laughs> i'm just like i don't even know i was just like that's a lot of southern accent in that girl <laughs> i get that a lot so it's okay. gonna be its own own personality trait for hunter meanwhile i sat beside brie and thought to myself she's gonna fucking hate me <laughs> I get that off. <laughs> Do I get that off a lot? Um, oh, okay. <laughs> we're gonna. Well, I was gonna say breather. no. <laughs> you were not gonna say no. I'm sorry. I was. No, no. I, well, I was thinking. Oh, they've already heard our intro. So oh, true. Fair. Met, fair. So okay. Okay. That wasn't in my mind yes. when we met. We but. also didn't have a choice, so I <laughs> that's think that that's fair. True. Yeah, we knew we were spending the night together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Wait, <no>. So, <laughs> Hunter and I met in the student mentor program. Which another shout out to App State. Excellent transfer program. They really cater to their transfer students, which we all experienced because we were all transfer students. So that was Hunter and I gave back to the program that we thought was really cool for us. That's how we met. I actually read online today that 26% of their incoming class this year was was transfer. Yeah, yeah. And I I think it's the largest like transfer program in North Carolina. I would believe that. Yeah, That's I really think so. Because I remember that stat being really cool to me, being an out-of-state transfer. Right, so. right. It's really appealing to have 26% of the student population that you can relate to. Yes. You know, right. coming from another school. Like, yes. That's so right. cool. It's like, okay, none of these people are going to have traditional college paths. Correct. You know? Right, yes. 100%. And they're going to be just as lost as I am entering your junior year of college, which sure. seems daunting. So, <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. And then Tori and Hunter met through me. <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So, Hunter, tell the people a little bit, other than the fact that you were a transfer student at App State, tell them a little bit about... So, I grew up in this small town in North Carolina called Thomasville. Um, most people probably don't know where that is, but it's situated between Winston-Salem and Greensboro. 
Um, it's actually the furniture capital of the world, I'm pretty sure. Um, if not, it's at least moved to High Point now. Uh, they do a big global market there every year. Um, I've spent most of my existence there until I went to App. Uh, I went to App for two years and then moved back home, and I still reside in the same general area. A little bit down the road, but not far. I work for a payroll company doing IRS reporting for the Affordable Care Act. I still don't know what that means every time I hear you say that. Don't worry. Nobody does. <laughs> it's one of the perks when somebody asks you, what do you do for a living? And you give them that and they go, oh, cool. And they move along. <laughs> Unless they actually know what you do for a living. And sure. then you get a lot of technical questions that you're like, yeah, I don't want to answer that. That's fair. That's fair. So, and then I flip houses on the side and kind of help some friends and family do some other um, odds and ends tasks around their home. Wait, will you describe your most recent home flip? Yeah, I mean, my most recent one uh, was like a condominium that I flipped. Well, it was more like a townhouse um, that I flipped. It was a three bedroom, two bath um, in High Point, North Carolina. Uh, pretty much did a full gut job on it. I mean, I didn't take it back to the studs or anything, but everything else is, was new in it. Put new flooring in it, a lot of new electrical work, um, new plumbing, all new bathrooms, new kitchen. Pretty much the whole nine yards. Put a lot of work and time and effort into it. And all new paint throughout everything. Uh, fixed a lot of the old rotted stuff on the outside. And yeah, that's pretty much pretty much it and then I uh turned and burned that bad boy for a profit <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yes she did also <clears throat> worth mentioning that she did that while having a full-time job right all on her own Absolutely. so it was just hey I just worked an eight-hour day now let's go work on my townhouse and oh this weekend what am I doing working on my townhouse I remember many a phone calls where I was just on speaker and Hunter was just tap, 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 yes. tap. Like, yes, just, yes, I'm putting in four. Yes. Like, okay. right. Yep. Exactly. So I think it's definitely worth mentioning and giving you credit for that. Pat yourself on the back. No, you go. Nothing will humble you like a hundred hour week. Part of that being spent on a hobby. A hobby. Oh, is that what we're calling <laughs> A side hustle. A, a side, side hustle. hustle. I was okay. going to say, let's go with what America's calling it now. Okay, okay. Side okay. Hustles. Okay. So... Oh, okay, well then let's talk about what your hobbies are then. If that's the side hustle, because that's what America calls it, because that's what society calls it, what are your hobbies? You know, there's a ton of ways to answer that question. A little bit of that ADHD-induced hobby thing for me is they flip-flop quite often. Sometimes I really like working on things and repairing things and other times I really enjoy fishing and hunting and hiking and traveling and you know it just depends on all the things that end in ing you know <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough what hobby is most recently bringing you joy in your life most recently bringing me joy in my life um you know, I haven't been able to enjoy a lot of my hobbies lately, but traveling. Traveling's been a great hobby that I've enjoyed lately. I mean, after, you know, working my 40-hour-a-week job and then working on the other task on the to-do list, um, I do get some time to travel. It's that time of the year where I've built up all of the time that I can go and do all the things that I want to do. So the last couple of weeks have definitely been an adventure, Florida, 
Iceland currently with you guys. Um, Shout out to our current situation. Exactly. A lot of the beach. Um, traveling to Massachusetts and Pennsylvania occasionally to see you. And yeah. Tori doesn't live that far from me. So going down to see her for a long weekend. Um, that's pretty much the main the main hobby right now is just traveling because at least I can allot the time for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. In your adult life with traveling being the thing that brings you joy, you know, we've talked about your job, we've talked about your side hustle, you have all these things going on. What would you say for you is personally the hardest thing about adulting? The hardest thing about adulting is like time management and trying to do it all, you know? All those things we just mentioned. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Trying to find the time to help your friends and uh, also forward your career and learn new things and love your hobbies, all the, you know, all those things, all those things that encompass a healthy and active lifestyle, so... What do you think um, is something that you've experienced in your life where you've learned the most about yourself? Where I've learned the most about myself? Um, That's an interesting question to grasp. Um, I think I try to learn something new about myself every day. Um, I pivot a lot on the way that I do things or react to things or communicate and all that to better serve me and the things that I want to get done in my life. Um, I don't know that I can pinpoint one exact thing. Uh, My trip with Tori to Europe was very eye-opening in terms of, you know, the things that I learned and about myself, you know, how to navigate and the things that I can do on my own and or with the assistance of other people and Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that that would be probably maybe the best answer to that. I'm not sure that that 100% answers your question, but... (laughs) The the beautiful thing of it is it can answer in any way you want. That's like the beauty of exactly what the root of our podcast is about, as adulting and navigating and personal experiences and everyone kind of doing it on their own and that being okay. So in retrospect, any answer is the correct answer. Um not to take the spotlight off Hunter because this is her podcast episode but Tori do you want to tell our listeners about the trip that you all took to Europe and kind of yeah. explain and you know just a little bit of what that was for people who obviously don't know yeah so um talked a little bit about like my job career but I was working for the Marine Corps at the time last summer at the end of last summer just really wasn't enjoying it um Hunter was in her job that she might still be in um (laughs) and also not enjoying it we were just like man screw this like why are we doing this this isn't fun like this isn't helping us get to where we want to be like let's go just do something kind of crazy um so we found flights to paris direct from raleigh which was a beautiful thing and a little dangerous um and planned a three and a half week trip to europe and went to seven different countries and 11 different cities and just got to explore and hang out and spend time together and you know kind of do something that neither of us had ever done um i've thankfully had the opportunity to travel quite a bit but nothing like this where we were moving every other day to a different hotel in a different city and eating you know this incredible food for weeks on end it was just a really really amazing trip um and then also getting to do it with hunter just learned so much about her 
we just had a really, really awesome time. So it's really cool. I was so glad that it pushed me to quit my job and forced me to do the things that I'm doing. Um, Hunter's job reeled her back in with offering her um, just like, I think a leave of absence or something, right? Like you just took took an extra few days of unpaid. Definitely took the leave of absence. They loved me so much they couldn't get rid of me. They couldn't, no. Can't blame them, but. Same. Right. (laughs) Also, I didn't want to lose you and I'm not even in business and I don't employ you, so. Heck yeah. So that was a great trip though. And um, yeah. Want to do it again? <laughs> it's fair. I can do it again tomorrow. What? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things um, that we do before someone comes on our podcast is we send them a little survey because we want to get to know them so that we all kind of you know know the plateau ground that this interview is going to go off of. And one of those questions is, what is your love language? Um, for those of you who don't know, there are different ways that you give and receive love. We could do a whole podcast just on that. Um, acts of service, quality, quality time, time, physical touch, gift gifts, giving, and words, words of affirmation. So you give and you take differently. And for Hunter, your love language is? I mean, how I give love would definitely be acts of service. How I receive love would probably be a good combination between quality time and acts of service as well. So can you tell us how... It manifests in your life that the way you give love is acts of service. What does that look like for you? Um, I think that looks a lot like for me um, being there for the people that need me, no matter what the facet or the capacity is. Um, you know, whether you need something fixed on your house or you just need somebody to listen to you talk and spill your day or, you know, or if you need some advice or just for me to simply just be there in the presence of you because you know sometimes just existing with other people is also great and very serving to those that want it so I think that I just try to do that by always being open and available to the people that I love and care about and then like I just want to know just because as your friend you know Mm -hmm. it's like I want to love you more you know and give you the love that you need and you deserve how could the people in your life either continue to or just what what would you want out of out of love for the people in your life you know like what what makes you feel good from the people around you and what are we doing right and what could we do better you know but without saying specifically um well, I mean like Tell I said like <laughs> I mean like I said I you know I kind of receive love more by quality time so you know the more time that people spend with me the more that I find that you know that's them showing that they love me like regardless of what it is but I think you know, being able to go and do things with somebody and share a memory is super powerful. And I am, I've always been raised that, you know, you can't take the things with you when you go, but the memories are what last a lifetime for anybody. And the last time, you know, that you share a memory with somebody is always like the thing that they think about maybe most frequently when you come Mm. to mind. So, you know, whatever you're out doing, or having a good time with this other person, like, it's always like, oh, remember that one time when we did this? Like, remember that one time when we did that? And, like, that, to me, is, like, true quality love because your time's your most valuable asset. So if you spend it with the people that, you know, you want to spend it with, then you're showing them your love by doing so. I think... Cool, so check in the box. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing great. (laughs) One of the things that I would say 
speaks even further than that to you as Hunter, as someone as being your friend who is long distance, because you and I have only lived in the same space when we went to college, and everything right. past that for, what, seven years, like we just mm-hmm. said, has been in a, in a very, literally a different state. And I, I think the thing that I think of and I appreciate about you is a phone call is still time well spent, you know, oh, like it's, it's that phone call is considered quality time because you're right. It's your most precious asset. You can't get more of it. And I think about that every time we're on the phone because our phone calls are always an hour and I never regret a second of it. And I'm like, that was great. It was so it wonderful. Flies by. So much. And I just think that it's so important that so strongly radiates from you as someone who is your friend because you can feel that even on a phone call, you know, like the last time we were together was over a year ago for my birthday. Yeah. And that was was. like, but you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't have guessed that at all. It doesn't feel like it's been that long ago. And I just think that's something so special about being your friend is that it doesn't have to be quality time in the same space. It just has to be quality time and I don't even right. feel like in the but same conversation. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. absolutely. Like, you know, consciousness and like yes. someone's attention. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. That's what makes me sound a bit like a toddler. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a toddler. no, no. But that's okay. No, not at all. I didn't okay. I didn't think of it I that way at like all. quality time, so I'd, yeah. <laughs> I might be a toddler too. It's fine. <laughs> Give me your attention. We're all a little bit to- <laughs> right. toddlerish. Hey, that, that's absolutely <laughs> okay. That's okay. I only want to jump back to Europe for a second. What do you think you learned most after your trip to Europe with Tori? I mean, I know you talked about gaining independence and feeling you can do things, but what was the thing you learned most or the biggest takeaway from that trip for you? I learned the, I mean, I learned a lot of things on that trip, you know I mean? Like I learned a lot of things about myself. I learned a lot of things about Tori. I learned a lot of things about friendships and, you know, whatever relationship you share in life, you know, about a lot of things in that capacity, you know, that, um, I think, you know, there's a couple of things I, I learned about how, like, I mean, you just mentioned how to be independent and how to do the things that I didn't think that I could do and push myself to that point, but then also how to recognize things in other people and what they need. And, you know, there's some things that aren't always communicated that sometimes you recognize. I love Tori to death. I'm so bad at communicating sometimes when I'm frustrated and I did take that out on Hunter at one point and I do this in my romantic relationship as well. And it's, it's something that I'm working on and I just appreciate Hunter's patience (laughs) during that, but that's not fair to you, you know, to have to like kind of always know those cues you know of like well no absolutely not but like I think that that was like I think that was the one or the I shouldn't say the one the the first like real time in my life where I recognized like um okay this person's frustrated from my lack of like something and it's not an attack on me but rather a frustration that they have maybe not communicated effectively to me and I was able to recognize that, pivot from it, and me and Tori had a great day that day. We like we, we had, had a great day before that. Trip. Right. It we was had like a great rest three of our hours trip. Spat of like, right. oh, I'm just so frustrated because I don't want to. It was. It was. I will just go into what happened. <laughs> Very simply. Yes, I just had a lot of decision fatigue. 
I felt because I had planned the whole trip and Hunter was relying on a lot of the things that I had researched and just, it was like, I put it all on myself. You know, I, I had like done that to myself because I like to be in control. So I didn't allow her to like, you know, find where we were going to dinner. And she just asked me, well, what are we doing for dinner? What's the plan? And I was just like, ah, I don't want to plan anything else. Like I'm so tired of this. And so we just needed some space and then we got back together for dinner and it was just so much better to right. so talk about it. And I think that that's like, the beauty of the friendship too is just that we could talk about it. It's like oh, it fucking sucks. It sucks to have to go through that with your friend and to like for me to act like a two year old for a second and just get so frustrated <laughs> and like just be this person that I've tried so hard to not be, you know. But like right. for you to forgive me for us to move on and still have a great you know trip and then to be here in Iceland and you trust me on this trip and <laughs> right, right. Well, but then you know I learned a lot about myself in like terms of recognizing that kind of stuff in other people. Too. Too, you know, I think that what you don't realize in life is that you have to recognize your emotions and you have to recognize other people's emotions and how they affect you, but also how your emotions affect them. And although there were things within that that I thought that was like, oh, Tori loves to plan and she loves to do all this. Right. So by allowing you to do all that, I thought I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then... When it all came to a point, I was like, oh, man, she needs, like, a couple hours to herself, and I'm going to figure out where dinner is, and then we're going to go get gelato at this one place. And then from there on out, I'm going to have input. Right? And that was the best, cheapest gelato we had in all of you. Absolutely. That was the Absolutely. best. $2, two euro No, I thought gelato. it was a euro. It was, it, was it? I, whatever. I thought it was one euro. Yes, and it was so good. It was. It was, like, it was really good. Was and I was like, man, like. But I think, like, I learned a lot about myself in, in two ways in that, right? Like, I learned how to understand other people and their feelings, even if they can't vocalize in themselves, but also how to not feel attacked by the way other people feel yes. in certain situations, but rather be able to look at it, assess it, and pivot. And that's emotional intelligence. Yeah, it is. I'm so <laughs> proud. It's amazing. <laughs> Some real emotional intelligence yes. right there. I'm still working on it, but I'm getting in. <laughs> I think the I think the first part of not being attacked by someone's yes, bad feelings has to yes, come first. Right. Because even if you would even if you wouldn't have been able to recognize Tori's frustration, the fact that you didn't take it personally is the first step of that, you know, like, okay, Tori's not doing well. I don't know why. I don't know what she's feeling, but it's not, I'm not feeling bad that she's feeling bad. You know, like I'm not, I'm not internalizing that. Well, that correlates back to the love language thing too, Right. right? Because like my act of service was allowing her to, you know, show that form of act of service that I thought that I was allowing her to do. And in reality, it was causing her more duress than it needed to. For sure. And so then, therefore, for me to be able to be like, okay, I love Tori to death, so we got to, like, pivot and do some other things. And I'm just going to whip it up real quick and (laughs) give her the night off, even though she'd planned the rest of it already anyway. But Adulting at its finest. Yeah, it is. I'm telling you. Emotional intelligence is probably, that's probably the key word I was looking for right there. It's a... It's definitely interesting when you learn that um, in your adult life because it allows you to expand your relationships with everybody mm-hmm. so much more and, mm-hmm. and be able to, you know, meet them in the position that they're in in life. Because I think, you know, as we all, 
I should say grow up, but we're all grown, you know. So we all no, grow we're still older. growing up. We're no. still growing up. I'm an eight-year-old adult. What we, are we are I'm absolutely an adult for eight um, years, okay? We are right. still growing up. Exactly. But as we all, you know, grow older and things, like we come to different points in our life and you have to meet people in the place of life that they're in. And, you know, for Bree, for instance, is married and, you know... Yeah. Tori has a great boyfriend, and Brie lives long distance, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if she's thinking about kids or not, because I don't pressure people into that, but... Brie doesn't know if she's thinking about kids or not either, so it's fine. (laughs) But, you know, at some point in time, if not even now, we're all in different facets of life, and you make time for other people, and the give and the take, and all that, so... I think you're so much more at a pro... You're so much of a pro at that than you give yourself credit for. And I, I tell that to people all the time. I tell, There's two things about Hunter that are like just giant neon signs in my head. One, every single person I've ever introduced to you has never forgotten you. Ever. And they... St- I, so Hunter met some of my friends from my previous job at Orange Theory at my wedding. When my wedding gets brought up in conversation when I was at work at Orange Theory, the first thing those friends would ask, how's Hunter doing? Every time. Like, you're incredibly charismatic and just unforgettable that way. And the other piece is how thankful I am that you understand what it means to meet everyone where they're at. Like, I just, I, I can al- I always know. I'm like, not that I want to be this friend, but I will take full credit of the fact that I'm not great at reaching out to people. I go through phases where I'm like, I can't talk to you. I, I just can't. I can't take it on. I can't internalize it. I can't externalize it. I can do nothing except for my own cup. You might have those, but I wouldn't know it being your friend. You are so good. And I feel guilty sometimes. And I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm taking advantage of the fact that Hunter will always reach out to me. And I just like, I really want to get better at that. And it's something that I've strived to get better at based on your example of that. I'm like, oh, I should call Tori. Oh, I should call Marielle. Oh, I should call so-and-so. Because I always think about how you are the one reaching out and you're so good at meeting us wherever we need at any given moment. And I just think that you don't even give yourself enough credit for that. And it's such a beautiful gift that that you naturally have. And it's not as intuitive as you might think it is. Well, and while we're on, just, you know, putting Hunter up on the pedestal. Yeah, I was like, like, man, I'm all heartwarmed (laughs) over here. I want to commend you on your growth mindset. Because since, like, I've known you, you you have changed in in the the best of ways. I just think that you've always had this growth mindset. And you're a totally different person than who we met in college. Yeah. I really just think that you have just grown and and just taken every opportunity to just, like, better yourself. And, like, I envy that. And I also try to have a growth mindset. But, like, it's just so awesome. And I just really love that about you. And I love that, like, you know, every – everything that happens in life is a learning opportunity, you know, and you're just, you've got this like positive attitude and it's just awesome. And I just think that like, if more people had that, like our world would be so much better off. And I'm just like, can you, I know you don't want kids. And I know that like, <laughs> can you just like, raise kids? Something, but like, <laughs> maybe just adopt a couple. Like they would turn out so well. Just raise like, the tiny humans on. to be good humans. <laughs> I mean, just awesome. it's not always that simple, you know? Like, no, like, of course not. But it didn't come to me as naturally as you guys make it out to think that it has. But no, maybe I mean, not. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's I harder. have grown to achieve that in my lifetime because I mean that that's like one of those things where it's like you have to actively think about it on yes. a daily basis yes. and like 
there are some weeks where I'm like, man, like, I don't know that I really want to make all these phone calls. But I do it because I'm like, man, these people, like, just brighten my day, you know? Like, and I think it's also about figuring out the people that add to your cup versus take away from your cup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, that is the biggest thing going on in my life right now is figuring out those kinds of people. Mm -hmm. Me and uh, Tori and Bree had a very recent conversation about <laughs> that. Not the last episode that we recorded of this, <laughs> but nonetheless. No. But a very recent conversation about this. And, uh, you know, I think that, I think you just figure it out as you go along and like you work on it and like not every day is perfect, but you strive towards it. Wink, wink, striving, thriving. Hey, that's why I said it. <laughs> that's a great name for a podcast. Weird. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about advice then and all the things that you've learned in your adult life. One of the things, it's not negative, but it's a learning experience. What is the worst advice you've ever received? The worst advice I've ever received. I think the worst advice I've ever received is I received it from a professor in college. And so I don't know that so much advice as it was just like disheartening to hear, but like he was a individual that I don't think he cared for me as much as like I would have liked for him to, because I was, when you guys met me in college, I was very much in that point in life where I was friends with everybody and, you know, trying to, uh, be the person and do all the things, but I was very vocal and kind of outgoing in terms of like the way that I spoke to people and how many people I talked to and all that. And because of that, I don't think he cared for me much. And I walked into class one day after I'd forgotten like a water bottle or something. And, uh, we were chit chatting for a minute and he pretty much looked at me and said, um, you won't really ever be any good at business because you're far too vocal. I think you should be a cop. You all don't know Hunter. <laughs> the idea of that as her friends is quite comical. <laughs> Partly because you're such a warm-hearted... Not that cops are not warm-hearted. Back up here. Yeah. <laughs> Man, respect to anybody that does yes, that. Yes, yes, we have a lot of respect for cops. Thank you for what you do. You're just so... Positive? Yeah. Like, it would just be so hard. Like I feel like they would come in like, these are the list of the new murders. And you'd just be like, okay, but like, how's their family doing? Yeah, <laughs> right. You call their family? Right. right. Who's right. not like them? Why did they do it? What were they, what were they right. going through? Right. You're probably not right there. I probably wouldn't make a great like detective or, or like any of that kind of stuff. Like a criminal is like coming in and you're like investigating right. them. And, like interviewing them. And they're like, yeah, like, don't have anything to do for Thanksgiving. And you're like, oh. Oh, like, you can go to my house. I go to the beach. You want to come to the beach? Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Okay, so you're bad professor in college. We don't like him. That right. is what it is. It's so funny that he taught empathy too, and yet, <laughs> and yet had none of it. Ethics. 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 No, he taught yeah. <laughs> ethics. No, no, but one of his, you know, he taught ethics. Yeah, right, but right. But one but of, one of his, one of his like main like talking points was like empathy and like some other like emotional like mm. things that were like. That he, that he talked about how great he was at. And I was like, man, you're really not showing any of it right now. Which is such a wow. strange crosshair with ethics. I could go back and teach that class better than him. Right. Oh, I definitely could. <laughs> definitely could. I think you should do it. Right. Um, we're not talking. Quick, job. Oh, my gosh. 
Tori always keeps trying to make me quit my job. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're just Sorry. gonna it's just we're gonna detach Hunter's identity from her job. Yes, right. So what is on a more on, on totally the other side, what is the best advice you've ever received? Um take the risk and dive head first in it. So I don't practice any of that advice, <laughs> but it's definitely the best but advice that I've could. ever received. I definitely could. Um, actually, ironically, uh, my mother gave me that advice very early on in life. She was like, you have nothing to lose, so just take the risk and do the things. And I've been a cautious person ever since. I'm slowly <laughs> starting to realize, um, That's so funny. after many years of playing it safe, that the risk is... I'm not going to say always worth the reward, but is a lot of times worth the reward. Um, Tori is a great example of that. Brie is progressing towards a great example of that right now. It's happening. We're manifesting. It is. It's We're manifesting. There's nothing wrong with my life. Oh, <laughs> nobody said there was life. anything no, wrong with your life. Your new awakening is coming. Right. That's, yeah. what, that's okay, what I mean that's by that. That's, that's fair. That's exactly yes, what I mean that's fair. That. That's fair. Is, is you're in that phase of life that I watched Tori go through last year where she was like, I'm quitting my job and I'm out. And like, and then now you're like, man, I've quit my job and like, I'm in such a great place and all these things. Yeah. And yeah. Mine is for a slightly different reason, but with the same amount of joy. Um, what, so with all that being said, that whole easier said than done piece, dive in head first, what do you foresee being the next phase of your life that brings you the most joy that you're getting ready to jump into or hoping to jump into? Um, I don't really know. I'm trying to figure that out day by day. Um, part of me would really like to continue on with the house flipping thing as a, you know, con constant Mm -hmm. source of income uh try to make that the full-time gig the other part of me would really like to go back to school to continue to learn some things maybe get my master's maybe even teach um, i'm not real sure and then you know the other part of me is like i just kind of want to say screw it to all of it <laughs> and go travel and live my best life <laughs> and hope it all works out but which it's always working out it is always, <laughs> it is always working it's out it's always working out Oh, Let's that's so it. funny. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We've got corny lines of inspirational posters for days. Oh, we should put our faces on them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Next capital adventure for us, inspirational posters with our faces. Hey, that's there something. You go. Maybe like pictures of Iceland. Okay, right, that's better. That's, that's better. a little bit better than my hey, face. Hey, whatever works. Whatever works for you. Well, thank you, Hunter, for being our first official guest on our podcast. Technically for the second time, but we're, it's fine. It's fine. This this time was just as good. Um, for those of you who listen, thank you. Continue to listen. I want to give a big shout out to everybody and say go write a review and like all the posts on the Instagrams and the Facebooks or whatever they got going on over here. Okay, let's try that again. You can review us on Apple Podcast and you can follow us there. You can also follow us on Instagram, strivingthriving underscore podcast. Um, Tori and I are always open to anyone who wants to be on the podcast. It's all about just having fun and talking about your adulting experiences. So feel free to reach out to us if you want to be on the podcast. And until next time, thanks for listening.